Call America is a history podcast about what makes America great. I'm Carl Joseph Black, a Brooklyn native born into the cult. And I'm Lisa Charlotte, an Australian migrant who totally bought into it from afar. Each episode, we unpack the American way of life from an outsider's perspective, from the Pledge of Allegiance to American exceptionalism and more. We'll dive into the history and share our personal experiences, along with discussion of some actual cults along the way. Listen to Cult America on a Three Springs Media Network, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of That Brooklyn Film Show. This episode, we explored the topic of time travel, why it's prevalent in film and fiction, and then we discussed a specific set of movies we watched involving the topic. So first things first, I want to get into why time travel is so prevalent, prevalent in fiction, when it first appeared in film, and then when, what popularized it um, for the way we tend to see it now. So what, why do you think time travel is so popular in fiction, Jabari? Uh, it's human nature. I think everyone wants to likes the idea of like going back in time and changing their mistakes or fixing what they may have done wrong. And then on the flip side, people want like the idea of going forward into the future and seeing what may arise of the actions of the that are go- taking place right now. So I think that it's just a part of our nature to be curious of the future and want to change the past, basically. Yeah, I think I agree with most of what you said. I think a lot of time travel is a big what if, like what if I did X instead of Y or what if I did A instead of B? And with time travel, you get to explore that idea and then you get to explore it in many ways. You can explore it where it's very personal to your own life, um, which is something we'll discuss in one of the movies we watched or something where you go even further back in time. So like the idea of what if a time traveler went back in time and killed Hitler, what ripple effect would that have on the world or something like that? Yeah. Um, so I think it's the idea of what if you can go back and change either a small or big moment in the world, or what if you can go into the future and see what that would be like? Um, because there's usually, I feel like there's like a, a lot, I think in a lot of time travel movies, I'm thinking a lot of them, they tend to go, back to the past but the ones that tend to go forward into the future seem to have like a very nihilistic view yeah of the future where it's like maybe it seems yeah so that's actually what i want to mention um well it first appeared in film um in a movie called a a connecticut yankee and king author's court you think that's the first time travel movie time travel movie yeah it came out in 1921 in time um, no, that's uh, about Kine- King, yeah, King, King Arthur, Arthur yeah. yeah. Um, and it's based off a Mark Twain novel, the a popularized version of what kind of... A lot of times when you watch time travel movies now, it's based off of like a machine or something where you can yeah. time travel in. And that came from H.G. Uh, Wells' um, science fiction novella called The Time Machine. And in The Time Machine, you have a um, man who travels far. I think it says like a man who went about 800,000 years into the future. And I think when he first gets there, it kind of seems, you know, all peachy and rosy and stuff until he finds out there's an underlying issue. Or you can look to something like Planet of the Apes, um, the original one where at the very end of the movie, um, he finds out that they're not actually in on another planet. They're in, or they're on Earth but this alternative version of earth of earth. And I think that kind of shows like the nihilistic version of traveling to the future and the future is bad or even something where you get to like Terminator where they're going back in the past, but they're coming from a bad Um, future. future. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Everything, all the time travel films that have to deal with the future tend to be nihilistic. And I think it's because humans in general, we just have a, I don't want to say we have a nihilistic view of the future, but we tend to, like, based on where we think society is going to go because of some, the idea of, like, oppression and all these other issues that's going on, we tend to think that's the path that we as a society is going in. I can't think of any films that are, like, 
going to the future that is like more of a optimistic take you could think of any not off the top of my head because i feel like again i think because time travel seems to focus so much so to me on of like the what if i could you know do x or y instead of you know b or c it tends to focus more on the past um one that maybe you could think of as a time travel film that seems to have a more optimistic view of the future is arrival which is kind of like she starts to see time in a more circular way. Yeah. So, um, you know, it shows the advancement of humanity by interacting with these aliens that kind of bring, I guess, time in a circular way to them. Interstellar is like that too, where it's um starts off in a bleak past, and with the use of time travel, they're able to get to a future that's more optimistic. So, I think those are like the only two I can think of off the top of my head. But in, 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 in Arrival, they didn't really go far into the future, right? No, I don't think it's like, a matter she just of saw, going... Like you said, she saw time in a circular, so she wasn't really traveling back and forward in time. It was more so just her perception of how time work changed. Mm-hmm. She's almost living like a fourth-dimensional being, where it's like, as three-dimensional beings, we only can see time as going forward and backward. But as a fourth-dimensional being, you see time as like almost like overhead as like a blueprint almost, and you can see from any point. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in in Arrival, that's how she was seeing time. So, I, I mean, I, I guess it's a time travel in in a sense, but you kind of have to change like the exact terms of like what do you mean by travel? Yeah, like she's not physically traveling in time. She's more so just like fully aware of all moments in time, basically. Mm-hmm. Interstellar, she he's actually traveling through time with the use of black holes because um not black I think it was Warm black holes. Hole. No, I think it was a black hole. Because you know how time goes slower the um, closer you are. Are you sure it's not a No, it wasn't a wormhole. Okay. It was um, time goes slower the closer you are to like a, a object with mass gravity. So mm-hmm. they were using like objects with mass gravity to slow down time for them. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the time sped up. So by the time he got to like, it took him like two, three years traveling in his ship. But for us on Earth, it was like 20, 30, 40 years, basically. Mm-hmm. So it was time travel in a more organic sense than what you usually get with like, oh, there's a giant machine that sends you forward and backward in time through whatever means. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, it's interesting that those are two time travel movies that utilize it in two totally different ways than what we're used to. Yeah. Because you're so used to like, you jump in a machine, it shakes a little bit, probably some smoke effects. And then you're back in, like, the medieval medieval times. Mm-hmm. But these films are more so, like, just using more natural physics to try to explain how time travel works. Yeah. Um, so, with all of that, I think we started kind of talking about, like, the different types of time travel films. Um, so, I think there's, like, many different kinds. You have the ones where it's very personal. So, you can either, like, you're, like, going back in time yeah. and only affecting your life and then you have ones where it's bigger where it's like you're going back in time and you're affecting like the butterfly effect you're affecting everything in the world and then you have ones where it's um you're going and then also like the ones where it's the different kind of i guess paradoxes or if you're going back in time are you creating a new timeline if you're going back in time if you see someone from the past will that mess them up or if you interact with you know people in the past does that change the future where you are or is it something like a closed loop where this was always meant to happen so it was always going to be always going to happen no this way what. yeah um so with, which one would you say is your personal favorite oh you were about to ask that oh no actually i wasn't um i think to me probably and i don't know time travel confuses me <laughs> um i think that a new timeline in a way makes sense if it's always like because my the question always beg that comes to my mind is always like were you always at some point going to travel to the past you know because like at some point your future is the past yeah like was that always going to happen or was it a series of decisions that led up to that point you know so um one of the movies we watched touches on that Um, and then the other ones do in a way, but not so much so. And, um, we can get into that. So 
the movies we chose to watch were Back to the Future, which is like, you know, the ultimate time travel movie. I think that's probably what most people think of when they think of, time travel, they think yeah. of a time travel movie. We watched another one, a smaller sci-fi movie, Australian sci-fi movie called Predestination. And then we watched a romantic comedy sci-fi movie called About Time. Um, so we can start with Back to the Future. That works. It's like the quintessential sci-fi um, time travel movie. So yeah. it's a good one to start with. Okay, so I'm going to read the synopsis of it. Um, Back to the Future came out in 1985, directed by Robert Zemeckis. In this 1980s sci-fi classic, small-town Californian teen, Marty McFly is thrown back into the 1950s when an experiment by his eccentric scientist friend, Doc Brown, goes awry. Traveling through time in a modified DeLorean car, Marty encountered younger versions of his parents, and must make sure that they fall in love or he'll cease to exist. Even more dauntingly, Marty has to return to his own time and save the life of Doc Brown. So, for me, this was my first time watching Back to the Future, and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, but I tend to enjoy 80s movies, and I think mm-hmm. it had like that general vibe of a teen. I feel like Back to the Future movie. is like, it's like the Goonies, where it's like, movies that are like there's so many movies based on that formula mm-hmm. or that vibe it's like you see it so much today it's like you know the goonies is like stranger things and all yeah. these other movies i feel like a lot of movies follow the back to the future formula i feel like it has i mean i feel like a lot of 80s movies has like that similar john yeah. hughes you know kind of the high school and the bully with yeah. you know but i like all of those movies so. um oh yeah i do too it, now some of this stuff is problematic nowadays oh yeah definitely. um we can i think we should do a john hughes episode one day but that's you know that's not for right now um but with back to the future i yeah i think i really enjoyed the one the time travel in it and the way that when you get to the end of the movie not only has he saved himself but he allowed his parents to become a fully realized better version of themselves as opposed to who they would have been um in the timeline that he had initially had come from and I think it also allowed him to grow to see his parents for, you know, who they are. Because I think you see your parents as parents only. So he got to see them as teenagers and as people first as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Back to the Future. It's, like you said, one of the um, a fun 1980s film. It's like, one of, it's like one of those quintessential blockbusters like Jaws, Jurassic Park, Star Wars. Like, it's one of those movies where it's like... 100 greatest films so it's always on every list so i really enjoy the f- like it's a movie movie like i agree there's no yeah. other way to slice it it's a movie movie popcorn flick mm-hmm. but i feel like that is part of what makes it good it's one of the best movie movies and that is like every scene is always working towards something to make sure that the characters are busy to keep you entertained um the stakes are always rising and in this case they use um time travel as a means of um rising the stakes because he's like fading out of existence so you always have like that overall threat of him not existing because of his parents but then you have the threat of him needing to get back to the back to his own time so you have those two major threats overhead and then you have him trying to like the smaller threats of like him trying to get his mother to meet his father and then him trying not to get beat really up by his smaller threat though i mean it's not a mother. smaller threat but like getting scene, his mother to meet his father it's... yeah that's a big one but like a yeah. scene to scene threat basically mm-hmm. you have the scene to scene threats and i feel like as a film that's what makes it so good is that there's constant action and constant need for the characters to be doing something yeah as a time travel film it's 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 a good time travel film because you have him going to the past and you have all the 1980s to 1950 jokes and a man out of his time which is always humorous because it's like oh this is rock and roll y'all gonna love this in a few years mm-hmm. stuff like that i mean it's it's a straightforward time um travel movie it's like this device this um what do you call them this film device that brings you to the future that you need to have in order to get you to the future i mean yeah back to the future because um it's just a straightforward like they go back in time but then they go straight back forward to the future it's not really like confusing like the last movie we saw where it's like a constant loop or anything like yeah. that it's just a straightforward time travel movie yeah and i think also it's one the of flux those capacity that's time, what the name of it was um one of those time travel films where it's a personal time travel film yeah so it's really just about his family but it also has real stakes because if he doesn't 
get his parents to meet one another, he will literally not be a person anymore. Yeah. So it it doesn't feel like... It's but like, is it personal? Because at the end of the movie, you saw that everything in the world... Well, you didn't see the um, Back to the Future 2. So you don't know the, like, the level of stakes that his going back to the past had on the world. Well, yeah. So, okay... From the perspective of just seeing the first yeah. one, it seemed more it like, seemed a, like a personal one. Like a his, personal he's one. trying to get his issues he, solved in the first one. Yeah, and not like personal as in like he's just doing this for a selfish motive, but it's just in terms of it seems like it's really affecting him and yeah. his family. It may be like the surrounding community because you do see that Biff is like a, a mechanic. Um, from his father's boss to his father's mechanic, worker, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he wasn't he was no longer bullying him and everything, so... It did have some stakes like that, um, but it just seemed like it was more so like there's a real stake for our main character and there's a real stake for Doc because he has to try and keep him alive as well as keeping himself and his siblings in existence. But it's not like if you, you know, talk to the wrong person, this person's going to like build a nuclear. Did Doc die in the first part? Because we never saw Doc die on screen. We saw him like. Didn't he like get blasted and then he mm-hmm. like fell off screen? So okay, it might be a loop, wouldn't it? But, Why, but no, it's only, not a loop only reason I don't think it's a loop, and maybe I'm wrong because I kind of thought that too because he saw himself getting into the yeah. DeLorean and driving away. The only reason I don't think it's a loop is because when he comes back to the future, things are changed. Things are changed. It's not yeah. like it was the same as it was before, and it seems yeah. like with loops. And this is where this is where time travel starts to get confusing to me. Like, was he always meant to ta- travel back in the past, get to this future? Yeah. Or is this like a new thread of existence that didn't wasn't there before? And does that old thread of existence still exist, you know, like yeah. in an alternate universe um, or parallel timeline or however? But the only reason I don't think it was like a closed loop or anything is because when he comes back, everything is changed. Everything has changed. Is, yeah, yeah, it's very different um, than no, it was prior to his traveling back to the past. Yeah. So, any you have any final thoughts on Back to the Future? Um, I mean, I always recommend that people watch it. Like, it's just a good movie to watch. Uh, it's a fun time travel movie. It's one of the less confusing time travel movies. One thing um, that I always have a problem with time travel movies is that it's not real, but people tend to overcomplicate it for some reason. And sometimes it could just be a simple thing. Is like the flux capacity gets you to the past, have fun in the past, get back to the future. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be some confusing, over the top this causes this but this is going to cause this new universe like it doesn't have to be all that because it's not a real thing mm-hmm. so i like the fact that it's a simple time travel movie and a fun time travel movie yeah um i agree i do think it's a pretty simple fun time travel movie um where there are some risk but it doesn't feel you know like the terminator or something like that where it's like if this doesn't happen, then the world will literally be destroyed. So exactly. John Connor can't be born or whatever, however it is. Um, and the Terminator I haven't seen in a while. So um, so now we're going to get into About Time. About Time um, came out in 2013, directed by Richard Curtis. And the premise is when Tim Lake is 21, his father tells him a secret. The men in their family can travel through time. Although he can't change history, Tim resolves to improve his life by getting a girlfriend. He meets Mary, falls in love, and finally wins her heart via time travel and a little cunning. However, as his unusual life progresses, Tim finds that his special ability can't shield him and those he loves from the problems of ordinary life. So, what were your general thoughts on About Time? Um, it was a good movie. I'm not going to say I loved it. It was a fun, enough, it was a good watch. Like, I, I didn't, I wasn't bored or anything by the movie. I think it was just a good, fun movie to watch. Um, again, it was a simple time travel movie. It wasn't anything that was overly complex. And they didn't even try to explain how they were able to time travel. It was just mm-hmm. like this magical ability that they had in a regular world, which I appreciate sometimes. Like I like regular world with... Um, you, you can add a little bit of like mystical stuff in here and there, but you don't have to explain it away all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I liked about it. Yeah. I I think, well... I know I wanted to watch this movie because I think that a lot of time travel movies have big stakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this one doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's really about an ordinary man who lives a pretty ordinary life, but he can use time travel to just 
he well he he uses his time travel to live an ordinary life. He's not trying to do anything extraordinary. And yeah, one thing is to assassinate the president mm-hmm. or save the life of like I don't know someone that's going to be the hero of the world. It's just him using it for simple things like oh I I forgot my keys. Let me go back in time and remember where I put my keys. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Or for him cuz when his father tells him why, that he can time travel, you know, they discuss a little bit of the rules, so there are a couple of rules about the time travel in the movie, but they don't go too deep into it. One yeah. of the biggest ones is that you can only time travel, I think, the span of your life. So it's not like you can go back to someone else's back yeah. to the past. There's no machine. They go into a, a cupboard and squeeze their hands, or they go into a dark place that's quiet and think back to the time that they want to be in. Um, they can time travel with another person, but I think that's generally like not something that they do. Yeah. Um, and there are certain moments that are kind of like defining moments that you can't travel beyond. And usually that's like the birth of a child or something like that, because those moments are, um, I think that was the main one was the birth of a child. Yeah. You traveled back before someone was born. You're changing the chance of changing something that might cause them not to be born or not even not to be born. It'll cause them to be a different child. Well, they're not, yeah, they're not born. Then that's a different person. That's a different person. Um, but one one thing I liked about it was yeah the fact that they discussed that you can use this for money you can use this for all these things yeah because they said the grandfather used it for money but he uh-huh. wasn't happy yeah and the, they just use it for for the simple pleasures of life and then I think the relationship between the father and the son was a really sweet relationship as well as between um, the main character Tim and Mary as well yeah and. There is like one moment where it can be like a little bit creepy. What part is that? Um, where he's waiting for her. Oh yeah, at yeah the that was creepy. Kate Moss exhibit, and he it goes was the only reason it was a little bit less creepy than it could have been is because he knew that she was interested in him first. Yeah, that's and what I was he ruined say. it in order to help someone else help out. someone else out. Yeah, and then he was like, "All right, I want to find this person who we had chemistry, but mm-hmm. it wasn't in the same circumstances as the first time. But if it was like him just stalking a woman." And trying to do everything he could to try to get him to like her, I think that would have been a little bit creepier. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was going to say. I was going to get yeah. to that. But um, I think that's what makes it where it's like he knows that this is someone that he'll hit it off with, that they, yeah. you know, enjoy each other. But because he was being selfless and trying to help his playwright friends have a good I don't know. What, what was that guy to him? Was that his that was a his, friend? It was his father's friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and he stayed with him when he went to London. Um, but to me, it's, yeah, it's just the fact that they literally use it to enjoy simple pleasures of life where it's like the dad said he traveled back to read books once or twice or three times or however many times, or he would, um, they weren't doing it for, they wasn't, it wasn't extraordinary. They weren't doing it for major things. Yeah. He said for the dad, the secret to time travel was to live your day day twice, basically. And you know, with the annoyances, with you missing the train, with you uh, having a bad day at work or however, and then that's what will resonate with you. And then you go back and you don't think about those things. You enjoy the simple pleasures that the day has to bring because you already know that the missteps are going to happen. So now you can live it and enjoy it despite those missteps. And I think that's like more similar to why I think most people want to time travel. Yeah. It's just you want to have more time. You want to just relive certain days. Or even the fact that a big part of it was um, a little bit of a spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie here. It came out in 2013, so I'm hoping that... Um, it's not a super popular movie. I'm not sure if a lot of people are going to have true. seen it. I'm, I don't know how well it did in the box office. It was even in the box office. It seems um, very indie. But... The when the father passes away, he gets to have more time with him. Yeah, and I think that's like a really sweet concept because usually it's like that. I mean, it's like it is death is the end, and for him it wasn't, or at least it wasn't until him and his wife decided to have one more kid. So then yeah. they got to have one more day where they went really far back to where he was a kid again, and the father was, you know, that's a little bit creepy though. Um, does he still have the mind of his growth self? Like, I, I would assume body? so because he has to get back. Um, and I think the most serious thing was that happened with the time travel again is the fact that you can change your child. And when his sister was going through her her own troubles, he wants to help fix her. 
Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, a reasonable thing for a brother to want to help fix his sister or, you know, uh, vice versa, however. But he had to realize that he couldn't do that for her. Yeah, because it changed too much. Mm -hmm. And I think also it's important that she learned how to do it on her own regardless. um, Because if he just goes back and fixes everything for her, then she might not learn the lessons that she needed to learn from those moments. So he had to go back and undo what he did to help her and watch her go through that pain again, which really sucks for him, but also was important because he already had a daughter and he didn't want to sacrifice his daughter so that his sister could, you know, not meet the boy who was bad for her. And, um, so she had to go through all those struggles herself to kind of go through her own self, her character development. Yeah. Cause he could have stopped all that Mm -hmm. and she might've been in a better place, but it would have been a different story. Mm-hmm. And she wouldn't have had the chance. I mean, I'm honestly, I don't see nothing wrong with that. If so, you know someone's about to go through something traumatic and you're able to stop it, like from stop them from meeting that person or stop them from trying that drug, I don't see that as a bad thing to stop it. Like, I don't know why they have to go through it. Like, yeah, I get it. It's character development, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like not doing it in, in general is better character development than having yeah, to Yeah, I mean, it. I think if he had the option and it wouldn't well, have yeah, changed things. If it didn't change the kid, I think it would have uh, been. It would have been fine. But I think the fact that it was like he had went through his his own growth in life and he was married yeah. and he had a family now he couldn't sacrifice those things for her no, i agree like i think um, outside of that i don't think there's much of a moral dilemma no 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 definitely not yeah um you want to help pe- the people you love and if you can you will exactly um so that's yeah that's really one of the biggest like i guess what is the word conflicts in the film um where time travel can become um less of a you know it's just for this ordinary purpose and something for like a bigger purpose and then the last thing i really liked is at the very end of the film he said my dad said the best way to do this is to live your day twice Mm -hmm. um twice where you have it where it's your ordinary day with your ordinary hiccups and then you live it and you notice all the beautiful things in life and he goes I have my own secret. He said, I don't time travel at all. Yeah. I live every day like it's already the second day or like it's, I just try to recognize the beauty in the world every day. And I think that's a nice concept too, because no one, most people or no one has, you know, the ability to live their day twice. So it's just like seize the time that you have and enjoy it for what it is because that's all the time you get. Yeah. Um, that being said, if I could time travel back in time, I would do it. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, I think, and I think that's the dilemma that most people would face. If you could time travel back in time, would you do it? And what would you do it for? Yeah. Um, and I think it's easy if you don't have that ability to be like, you know, I would go get rich well, quick yeah. or do this or I would win the lottery or whatever. I'm sure for him but, it becomes mundane fast because if you're doing it every single day to mm-hmm. live your day twice, it's not gonna feel that special after a while. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's something that may be used for big moments or something like that. Like, you know, um, your child's first day of school or things, moments like that that are big. Um, So that's really, I mean, I personally really like About Time because I just like the fact that it is a time travel movie, but the time travel doesn't feel like this grand, magnificent thing. It's something that exists and it's something that he's using to live an ordinary life he's not trying to be this extraordinary hero or do these extraordinary things he's just like i want love i want happiness i want a family i want to be able to see my mom and my dad and you know keep up these routines that i do but i can use this to aid me and i like that fact as opposed to a lot of other time travel movies where it's like this big world-changing thing i agree and i like that about it too is that it's a very like i always say the word quaint Mm -hmm. it's very quaint very low-key but it has that one strange aspect that separates it from other movies of its ilk yeah i like that about it Uh like i said i i I enjoyed it a lot i wouldn't say that i love the movie but i i liked it a lot yeah um so now we're gonna get to the last movie in our uh, lineup of movies and it's called Predestination and it came out in 
2014, directed by Michael Sperig and Peter Sperig. And it is about a temporal agent who embarks on a final time-traveling assignment to prevent an elusive criminal from launching an attack that kills thousands of people. And it is adapted from a short story called Old You Zombies. So Jabari, what were your thoughts on Predestination? Um, I liked the first half. I did not like the second half as much. I, let me not say the first half. I liked the first hour. Mm-hmm. And then the end of it, it got into that, let's just explain everything at one time point. And I'm not a fan of those at all. Mm-hmm. So I would say that it was it was a good movie. Um, if I feel like it relied way too much on its quote-unquote twist. Mm-hmm. And I don't like movies that rely on a twist. Like, the best part of the movie was when she was explaining her... Um, backstory mm-hmm. of like oh i was this smart person i wanted to be this great thing but unfortunately circumstances didn't work out that way so i learned that i was different than, I, I enjoyed that a lot mm-hmm. like i um my favorite movies what do they call it it says um um simple stories are complex characters those mm-hmm. are like my favorite kind of movies then we start to add in the complex stories with the complex characters then it just becomes a little bit confusing i'm like uh yeah so yeah i enjoyed the first bit of it but the latter Half or the end of it wasn't up my alley personally. I mean, well, with, with the first half only would just be a story. You needed the latter half for it to be a yeah, time travel movie, basically. But um, I mean, I enjoyed the whole thing. The first time I watched it, I think I broke my brain for a little bit yeah. um, because it's one of those. I mean, it's called predestination, so you can kind of get like the vibe of what it's gonna be. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like a closed loop, but then. It's like there's no beginning or end to that loop. And I think that's what bothered me yeah. the most about it. Um, but I think it was interesting. And I, I agree with you that the first half is interesting where the character um, John is telling the story about when he was Jane and how he grew up or she grew up in an orphanage and she knew she was different from everyone else and mm-hmm. um, never met, you know, anyone like her. But she knew she was smart and she was capable. And then when she finally fell in love and had a child, it was stolen away. And you kind of get this, like, really good picture of all of these things. And I also feel like they set up the second half well, watching it the second time mm-hmm. in the first half. So you get things like the Ethan Hawke's character. Well, let's, like, uh, before we get into it, let's actually give a spoiler warning for this movie. Because oh, I feel yeah. Like- this movie is one of those movies that relies heavily on its plot twist. So, spoiler warning before we get into the breakdown of the story. Okay, so do you want to give any final thoughts before we get into the spoiler um, aspect? Not really. I mean, I could discuss my issues with the end of it as we discuss the spoilers. Okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, oh, it was this plot hole, that plot hole. It wasn't my issue with the plot holes. It was just the devices that they use in order to get to where they got Mm-hmm. that I have a problem with because I don't like movies that rely on complicated twists in order to well, quote-unquote be good. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I will say is that, like I mentioned, it's based off a short story. And there are obviously, like, some of the stuff that happens in the movie isn't based off the short story, but the general, the major twist in the movie is oh, based, based off that. of that short story. What so, is it called again? Zombies, um, all you zombies. zombies. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, they pulled the twist out of nowhere. They found yeah. a short story and they kind of expanded upon and it. And it feels like that. It feels like they had a interesting short five-page story and they're like, let's expand this into a two-hour movie. It was only an hour and a half. Well, hour and a half movie. Um, like, uh, it, we'll talk about it in a second. Okay. All right. So for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, wants to watch it and then come back and listen to this part... Um, we just want to give a short spoiler warning here. This movie has heavy spoilers, um, so if you do not want to know anything about it, turn it off, go watch the movie, and come back. Or skip ahead to the, the end of the um, episode. We'll put where we stop talking about the spoilers. Um, Jabari, so let's get into the spoilers. Yep. So, essentially, this whole movie is about one person. Like, literally... Yes, yeah, literally person. about one person. And it's about one person throughout the span of their life. One person stuck in a loop. Yeah, that seems never-ending. And one thing I was going to mention that I did like is watching it the second time, I caught more of the hints towards 
what the movie was going to be. Uh-huh. Um, so in the bar, when the bartender, um, John, or the unmarried mother who was played by Sarah Snook, he mentions, he says something like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Uh-huh. And that's kind of like a, sh- a quick, you know, reference, reference to, to himself, yeah. herself, themselves. Um, and then another moment is, they start to spell it out a little bit in the scene, but later on, after John travels back into the past, uh-huh. um, when he then meets himself as Jane, Ethan Hawke's character, we'll call him the temporal agent. The temporal agent goes back in time to kidnap Jane's baby. Mm-hmm. Mr. Robertson says to the temporal agent or the barkeep, um, played by Ethan Hawke, he says, he mentions the snake that eats his own tail. Or Or Boris, yeah. Which is another reference to this character. Mm-hmm. They're the snake eating its own tail because, as you discover, Jane is her own mother and father. And then they are stuck in a loop. And I think one interesting aspect, one, another thing that was thrown out, I'm just thinking about all of like little Easter eggs that were kind of given before they yeah. um, gave the big reveal, is the fact that um, uh, after Jane became John, after giving birth to the child and moving to New York, when he was in conversation with the barkeep, he said, um, when I looked in the mirror, I reminded myself of the man that I fell in love with, which is, you know, he was a man yeah, he fell in love with. Um, but no one would think logically to themselves, like, oh, I'm the person that I fell in love with. You know what yeah. I mean? They might think, like, I have a passing resemblance or something, but they're not going to literally think that they are the person that they fell in love with. Yeah. Um, so I think those are, like, interesting things that were thrown out to kind of, I guess, throw out like hints, but not fully explain it to you just yet. Um, I do think uh, towards the very end, it got a little bit too explainy, but I think it did need to give you some of the story. Like it couldn't just be that initial first part. Yeah. You needed that back half to at least give you this idea of this closed loop, this predestination um, aspect. I think when you get to the, when they're explaining that the barkeep is also that same character, that's where it can get a little too explainy. Like one of the videos mentioned that we had watched on it, um, they can change your face, but they can't take away like a C-section scar. Like those are things that that was very much now it's in your face. I think to me watching it when he wrote down, it doesn't make sense. The unmarried mother or um, John Doe, you can get the point like that spelling down your face. You don't need to see the scars as well for you to really get that. That's when they were like, yo, this is the same person. Mm-hmm. They don't have to add all that in there, honestly. Yeah, it was like, okay, now let's super telegraph it to yeah. you. Yeah. I don't think, I think that, like those last 15 minutes or so maybe, yeah. were where it was a little too telegraphed. But I think when you get to the initial time traveling part and you're seeing that um, John was the one that Jane was in love with, mm-hmm. that's where it makes the most sense. Or you see that the barkeep is the one who took the baby away and then sent that baby to the orphanage so that it could eventually grow to live this life. Those things were things that you kind of needed to see in order to really understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Um, I agree with you that towards the end, they were spelling a lot out. Like by the time he um, got to, what's the name? The something bomber? The fizzle bomber. (laughs) fizzle bomber. I don't know why I find that so funny. The fizzle bomber, they were just kind of explaining a lot to you. Like, oh, you're the same person. Mm-hmm. You're stuck in a time loop. We got that 10 minutes ago at this point. Yeah. Like, I got I got it at the point where he brought Jane back to meet herself. And then she bumped into John and was like, um, something Abraham Lincoln quote. Finish mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln quote. And it's like, you're the same person. You're going to be stuck in this time loop. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to have a kid with yourself. Blah, blah, blah. And that's what my issue with the movie is that it was a cool concept 
that I think they try to build a movie around. Mm-hmm. And I think that you need more than a cool concept to make a good movie. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think one thing they did add that I don't, I don't believe was in a short story was the fizzle bomber. Yeah. So I think that was like... I feel like that was be... the worst aspect. The whole um him being her as after she got older, that was my least favorite aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that wasn't necessary. That was too much. Like It's already a stretch. It's a time travel movie about someone having a kid with themselves that births themselves. Then to add in that this guy who's like 6'2 is the same person as this person that's 5'3. And that's five, what they tried to three. explain it where it's like your physiology yeah. is going to be different. I was like, like, that doesn't make much sense. You already got a twist. You don't need a twist on top of your twist to be more interesting. Yeah. Like you could have left it there and it would have been would have been good. Like I don't I'm not saying like, oh, this plot hole, that plot hole. It's just the technique that they used and the decisions that they made. It just was a bit much for me. And it mm-hmm. felt like a movie from 2013. It was like post-inception era where you had a try to mind F everyone in order to be more interesting as a movie. Yeah. And I really don't like movies that do that. Like, that's why I wasn't a big fan of, like... I liked Interstellar, but that aspect of it kind of ruined it for me. I don't like movies that intentionally try to, like, blow your mind. Because then it feels like you're more so trying to be, like, an interesting amusement ride than a good movie. Mm-hmm. Or you're you're not saying anything thematically or anything like that. Like, what was the this movie trying to say thematically about, like, human nature or people or anything like that like i can't think about it because they spend so much time just explaining the twist and that's personally for me is one of my least like one of my by far my least favorite aspect of some movies is when they're overly complex too convoluted and rely on a twist in order to be interesting but you know i having watched this movie a second time i kind of don't feel like it's overly complicated i feel like it i mean it's complicated but i feel like the way they explain it at least when you think about the closed time loop, yeah. it makes sense. Well, not overly mean? complicated. That's probably the wrong word. Too many threads trying to be unique. Yeah, I, I can think there's see too that. many threads. Like, first you have the you are someone who goes from male to female who is also able to have a child with yourself. Like, I'll buy that for the movie. Mm-hmm. Then you're able to have a child with yourself after going back in time. You're starting to push a little bit too much. Then you grow up into this old man who is a bomber that is that has to bomb or something like that then it becomes like it's too much yeah and see okay so one of the things that i thought about because um again from one of the videos we were watching it mentioned that mr robertson knew this jane you know like from the time she tried to join the space program or whatever and he mentioned in one scene like you need the fizzle bomber to invent time travel. Yeah. So it's like, did he intentionally create someone who he knew would become the fizzle bomber so that they could eventually create time travel? That's where it starts to get confusing to me. Yeah. Um, because it's like, okay, again, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Because if this person is their own mother and father, how did they ever come into existence? Yeah, exactly. And that's where it's like, that doesn't make sense. Because and they invented a time machine to go back. It's, it doesn't even make sense to break down these kind of stories too much. Yeah. Because there's too many possibilities and too much stuff that just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. based on, like, reality. That you're always going to come up with a weird explanation. Like, oh, so you invented the time machine, but you're also your own mother or your father. So how are you even here to exist yeah. to invent the time? It doesn't make sense because it's not real. So we That's can't true. actually can't find put, out like, why it is or put our natural logic yeah. on it. It's um, a movie. So... It's but, just hard to actually come to a conclusion on what makes sense. And that's my issue. Like, I don't want to spend time thinking on on why it makes sense. I want to spend time thinking on what is the thematic elements that are relevant to my life, mm-hmm. basically. And I feel like the movie lacks some of that. I think that one thing that I did like, or one thing I do like in time travel movies, is um, that closed-loop concept. Yeah. And again, I think in this one, it's like an extreme example of like a closed closed loop loop, where it's like okay in order for you to exist you have to literally make all these decisions because you have to eventually become your own mother and father um and then you also have to become a bomber in order for the time travel to even exist for you so this one is like an extreme concept but from something else we had just saw it talked about harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban Mm -hmm. where that's an example of that same concept but it seems like a much less you know confusing way of thinking about it yeah. because you always know that 
it's like that concept of always at some point in the future you will go to the past. Yeah. Like your your past is your future at some point. Yeah. Um so to me that makes a little bit more sense than I guess splitting off into different timelines. It makes more sense because they didn't try to build a whole movie around it. That's true. It's yeah. an aspect of the plot in order to move it forward. It's like Harry goes back in time to save himself and at some point that version of Harry is always going to go back in time to save, save himself. himself. Yeah. If you try to make that into a whole movie then it becomes confusing because it's like, all right, we got the idea of the fictional concept of um, using this plot device in order to save Harry. Mm-hmm. But when you try to turn like this confusing thing into like a whole film, that's when it becomes a bit nonsensical and it becomes a bit too confusing. Because it's like, all right, then Harry goes back in time to save himself. But then is it really Harry or is it another Harry? Or Then it becomes a bit too confusing. Well, I think... I think- well, I think um, Harry Potter did it two ways where it was like, you save yourself, but you also can't see yourself. Where this yeah. movie obviously didn't do well, that. Harry, he, oh, he was like invisible in his own time? No, he, he wasn't invisible. You just had to keep out of Oh, had to hide from himself. Sight, yeah. And yeah, so, he, like, remember, he, he, he got saved father, by some mysterious man. By his father. Because it was the white stag or something that saved him, right? By his father. <laughs> no, but I'm saying he didn't actually see the person that saved no, him. No, no, no. He, yeah, he thought it was his father because yeah. he saw the eyes. And he was like... I saw his eyes. It was my paw. I just remember him, like the glowing white stag saving him. He yeah. wasn't sure who did it. Yeah, and I think the stag was his father. Because he was struggling to learn like it that. at that time. Uh-huh. And but, so it's like he always was going to do that. And I think in this movie, obviously it's an extreme example um, because it's, you know, a, a whole world built around it. Yeah. Um, but in a way, it makes sense. And I think also, in a way, it's... Uh, I want to say smaller because it does have the aspects of the fizzle bomb or whatever. Mm-hmm. But again, this person was always going to become the fizzle bomber. So it's based solely on this one person in their three points of their life. Trying yeah. To showing you at different points of their life, basically. So it is a smaller story. Yeah. But again, this whole person is it, their existence is hinged on. Yeah. Or the, the creation of time travel is closely connected to their existence yeah so i think that is also like a bigger thread because that means you know i'm assuming that this agency is probably keeping this person in this time loop just to make sure that the at some point well yeah this person is forever stuck in this time loop in order to make sure but there are probably other travel. agents who are yeah. time traveling to solve bigger world problems yeah. so it's kind of like it's Your a smaller sucks. issue for or it sucks for their life but in the end of the day Probably What's got different people outside. managing it and stuff. Like, uh-huh. all right, make sure this person stays in this loop. Mm-hmm. Make sure they don't get off of this. Yeah. And I wonder if there's, like, other It would have been more interesting story if this in was the, the one person that decided to end the loop. I know that's not the story they're trying but, to tell. I'm not trying to write the story for the writers, but... And that's what I thought, too. And I guess it was, like, as much as he wants to end the loop, or mm-hmm. the future one is telling him how to end the loop, it's so... It's, it's impossible. Like, they're literally yeah. stuck in this cycle... That will never come to an end. Basically. Which sucks. You know, like, you're literally, again, over and over again. But you're not experiencing it over and over again. Oh, yeah, no, you're, no, You're experiencing it from different but, consciousness. Consciousness. I'm going to say, but are you? Because you always have to, you're constantly being born, you're constantly dying. Yeah, but you're, you're not, they're not sharing born. a conscious, or else they would all That's true. experience with each so, other experience at one I time. Guess, yeah, I guess a different conscious of the same person yeah. is... It's happening to them over and over again. And then Basically. it's like your conscience is existing in so many different points in time. It, I don't know. It's weird. Um, but, I mean, I enjoyed it because I thought it was an interesting concept. And I think that, like, again, the the whole idea of a very tightly closed loop mm-hmm. is interesting as opposed to movies where it tends to, it's, tends to seem like it branches off into different. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I, I think it's an interesting concept. I just wish it was an hour and a half movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it would have been cool as, like, a short 20 minute YouTube short film pretty much just like with this person in a closed loop and then you figure out oh shoot they're in a closed loop stretched out to the whole movie I just wasn't following it as much because it felt like a bit more it felt like too much of a setup for a concept that didn't need that much setup because they explained her whole life like I don't know if they really needed to do all that I think they wanted you to I guess get who she was as a person yeah and you had to lay the groundwork of who he was because if you just introduce who he is then you don't really know who she is because yeah. you you meet uh him as a man and you have to go back into the past and i think yeah the whole thing of like having two sex organs that are fully functioning 
don't really make sense. But also you had to get that comment in the bar so that you know that yeah. this is a version of him that goes back into the past. Um, and I don't think it's supposed to make sense because, again, this person would never exist yeah, in, real life. in re reality where you can birth yourself. Yeah, basically. So it, yeah, it, just, it doesn't make sense. And then also you have to realize, like, how true is it if this Mr. Robertson was had a hand in their existence all along. What, yeah. what did he do to interfere? What did he do to start them? To start them. Because I'm like, I feel like a botched C-section probably wouldn't genuinely be cause for a hysterectomy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor or anything like that. <laughs> That's the main cause for or, it. Or, I mean, or maybe it would be a cause for a hysterectomy, but I don't think necessarily think that means you have to, like, change your gender. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think people, I mean, women have hysterectomies. And they're still living as women. Maybe they have to take hormones or something, but yeah. they're not. Um, turning they're not into a man. turning into a man, yeah. unless you're like transgender or something, and that's their choice. Yeah. So, I don't know. That part I think shows maybe that the government agency or whoever had more yeah, of a yeah. hand in their existence than was seen. I also, think the movie could have used another person's perspective on the whole situation. Yeah. To kind of get a like. What does this look like from outside of the loop mm -hmm. in order to get a more full idea of like, yeah, how this works, what this is? But it was so stuck in that closed loop and explaining that one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I think they wanted you to realize, like, yeah, oh my god, this. I think, and I, I think you're right that a big part of it hinged on the twist where it's like you're supposed to be like, oh my god, this has been one person all along, yeah, exactly. And I think that works for the John Jane part, but I think once you get to the barkeep that's when it gets that's where it's yeah. like okay you could reveal this to us and that in like a less of a oh my god kind of way you know yeah, what i exactly. mean um so i think that's where it starts to lose you because i think that initial reveal is enough but i don't mind the fact that they kind of leave you through the life story of one singular person yeah um no, i i don't i don't mind that i feel like like i said i'm not against using like going through the life of one person and trying to like add in revealing moments mm -hmm. like what's a good movie that has twist in it but it doesn't rely on a twist to be too too much i feel like does get out have any twists i'm trying to think about get out does it have like major twists? i mean the sunken place and okay yeah yeah like get out that's a movie that like has major twists but it's more so an aspect it's more like a part of the film is not what the whole film is built around. Even Parasite has like a big twist. Yeah, exactly. Parasite's and another good one where it's like that movie has a pretty big twist, but it the movie doesn't rely on the twist if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like it's using the twist to say something more about like greater society or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be about society. It could be about whatever theme the director has that mind, but it's trying to say something. I feel like this movie was just so f f um transfixed on getting that twist like oh i can't wait till people see the twist like yes we've oh man they don't know what's coming like they spend so much time on that that they forgot to build other things around it in my opinion. yeah and i think that could one thing that could have been explored more especially thinking of the twist is thinking of you know i guess like what is life really and yeah you know what is the meaning of everything if you're and then also like it wasn't even that nihilistic like it could have been what more kind of person are you that you're so conceited in a way that you marry yourself that you the only person you can fall in love with is yourself i think that's yeah. another idea that they didn't even talk about that as much i thought they would mention that yeah like oh you really marrying yourself you must have a really huge ego mm -hmm. but they they fell in love with each other she she and then fell in love with her, her um herself knowing I, I it like, was unironic like it could have been an ironic thing like uh, they don't see anything ironic about that yeah and then i feel like for 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 jane it made sense because jane did not know yeah, Jane I feel like know. for John, with John knowing, it 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 if it's part of the loop and that's the reason why he did it, then explain that. But if it's him, just being so, like I guess I feel like conceit is the only word. So self-absorbed that yeah. you literally fall in love with yourself. That that should be more explored. Like the only person in the world meant for you is really another version of you. Yeah. So I think that's Especially something, you knowing that's you too. Yeah. That's something that should be explored because again, Jane didn't know John had full knowledge. Yeah. So that makes a difference. But even in, Jane was super conceited 
Because remember, they actually do you oh, love sure. anyone? Yeah. And like, no, I never loved anyone. And the one person you fall in love is yourself. with is yourself, but you don't even know it's yourself. Yeah, but I think th- there's a difference between having the knowledge and not having no, the knowledge. No, I agree. No, there's like, a big difference. You're making a fully informed decision versus not. So I think that could have been something that was explored more too. So even if you don't have that, you know, whole fizzle bomber aspect, which you explore that more, that could have been like an interesting thing of you are the only person for you is you and that you lead to the creation of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, That's probably you get to school. Yeah. And they didn't explore that, which is another problem. Mm-hmm. So now I want to get into a interesting topic because I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I know we've been talking about time loops and I want to talk about like a kind of a different kind of time loop, which is the everyday repeats. So the Groundhog Day, the Happy Death Day, Palm Springs, um, Russian Doll for a TV show. Do you think those are time travel films? Um, do I think those are time travel? I mean, yeah, because once you go to sleep, you're traveling back in time in order to repeat the day. So um, it's not time travel movies in the traditional sense that we're not seeing the time travel actively take place because it's an off screen. You go to sleep and you wake up and you're in a different place or you die, you wake up in your different place. But those are time travel movies, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, those are time. Those are movies that have time travel, but I wouldn't call them time travel movies if that makes sense. Yeah. I'll call them movies that play with time. Yeah, I'll call them movies that play with time. I think I would agree with that because I when I was you know doing the research and looking up about time travel films, everyone mentioned like obviously the biggest one is Groundhog Day, and I thought to myself, I'm like, is that a time travel film? Because I guess it. Time is so closely tied to it, but it never feels like a time travel film. It more feels so. It feels like a man who is repeating his day over and over again. But then if we go back to something like About Time, where we mentioned that all he did was live his day twice and he was traveling back to do that, then I guess it's kind of a time travel film. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that um, About Time is a time travel film because he's actively using time travel in order to accomplish his goals. In Groundhog Day, the time travel is more so just happening to him and isn't really an active thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that aspect is what differentiates the two. What Groundhog Day is more so about is about this man reliving the same day over and over again and having to grow and learn as a person. Yeah, and I think that what most, uh, like, I guess, I don't want to say time loops because we were just talking about time loops for the last one. But that's what most, I guess, like repeat the day films. It always seems like the people who are in it are never active participants in this event. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like with most time travel films, it always seems like there's an active participant in the idea of going backwards or forwards. Whereas these films, always something that is happening to the character as opposed to something that they're actively a part of. Yeah, I agree. And there's, yeah, there's always that same lesson of you have to actively work on yourself for you to escape this situation that you're in. And if you think about it, it's truly a nightmare because I think for Groundhog Day, they said he was in that same day for like 10,000 years or something crazy like that. Yeah, something ridiculous, yeah. Or Happy Death Day, you have to constantly get murdered over and over again or Palm Springs, you're stuck waking up to like your worst nightmare it's kind of like the idea of um i don't know if you've watched american horror story coven but it's kind of like the idea of hell in that show where it's kind of like you're reliving your worst moment over and over and over Mm -hmm. again um but in this it's like they're reliving a bad because usually it's a bad day it's not usually like you know a day that yeah it's not a good day or and if it's if even if it wasn't initially a bad day it becomes a bad day because you can literally you remember not escape it and you remember it that you're living over and over again but you your memories are set that's not bad but if it's if you remember it i don't care if it's the best day ever it's It's eventually going to become bad because it's just like the same beats no one else know and i think it's a special kind of like hellish place because it's like no one else around you is aware and then you have like a couple of things so you have like palm springs which recently came out where there was someone else aware happy death day to you where there were someone else aware of the circumstances that you're in but usually it's like something that you're going in alone and you have to figure out you know what to change exactly no matter what you do kill yourself um you know 
die, try to run away. However, you're always going to end up back in that same spot. So I'm like, is that a time travel film or is it kind of like a, I don't know. I guess that, I guess the only thing it could be is time travel, but I never thought of it that way before doing research on these because it never seemed like something that the people within the films were actively participating in yeah. of their own free will, unlike most other time travel movies. Either it's like, even if it's not of their own free will, you just like a punishment that happens to them or something like that. But they're, they actively know that they're going to be going backwards or forwards in time. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I, I, it's, it's just a different kind of, like you said, time travel film. I wouldn't consider it a time travel film or just a film that uses time travel in it to explore its plot. I gotta rewatch Groundhog Day because I haven't seen it in so long. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's a good movie. I haven't seen it in a while, so I definitely need to rewatch that movie to kind of get more of an idea of like the themes that it utilizes because I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Yeah, I don't know if you watched... Um, I've seen Happy Death Day. I didn't... No, not Happy Death oh. Day. There's, it's a TV show on Netflix called Russian Doll. No, I've never seen it. It's that. really good. It's um, it's essentially that same concept of the day happens over and over again to the same woman. Um, and it's only like 10 episodes or something, but I really enjoyed it. So I think if you enjoy like Groundhog Day and um, Happy Death Day, I think you would enjoy that show. Okay. So now we're going to just go through some of our personal favorite time travel movies um and for me i'll go um the top two that i can think of off the top of my head that i really personally enjoy are terminator 2 judgment day um and the girl who left through time as well as about time which we had talked about previously on this episode what about you jabari um i didn't think about the girl who left through time but i'll say that one because i feel like that's a movie that utilizes time travel in a very unique way that she has to literally take action, jump through time in order to go back in ways that it was borderline dangerous. Like, I'm like, yo, why would you jump off that? Like, what if it didn't work out? Now you're dead. But um, I'll say the girl who left through time and back to the future for all the reasons we spoke about back to the future before. And for the girl who left through time for being very unique in what it does with time travel. All right. So, um, do you have any final thoughts on time travel films and like what they represent before we conclude? Um, it's not my favorite genre of film, but I do think that there are some films that utilize time travel in a very unique way. It's a very, 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 very old trope. And I think that like most old tropes, most people don't use it as well as it can be used. But when it is used well, it can be a very special trope. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like and dislike, um, a lot of time travel movies, uh, for a lot of the same reasons as you, I think that it can be utilized well, but it also can be utilized in a way that doesn't function that well. And then also people try to over explain time travel as yeah. well, which I think I enjoy it where it's just like a device that you don't have to necessarily over explain. And again, I think that's personally why I enjoy things like the girl who left through time and about time and stuff, because it doesn't, it's not so tied to the explanation of how yeah. this works. Um, and I, it goes back to the point of what if you could, you know, repeat this or repeat that and just change minor things. What would that do? And the fact that just most people just seem to want more time. And oh, I think that's a big... That actually reminds me, there's a really good show called Steinsgate, which has time travel in it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the main theme of the show. Yeah. But it's pretty complicated, but that's one of the shows that do it really, really, really well. It's an anime show mm -hmm. from, like, I guess 2013 or something like that. And it has, like, both time loops and alternate realities. And it's a... You should watch that show. I think you would enjoy it. It's yeah. really, really good. I think I tried to watch it before, but I'll see if it's on, like, Netflix. It's a show that you got to get through the first episode. Like, you got to... The first couple, like, two, three episodes are kind of blah. Mm -hmm. But once you get past, like, episode four or five, it starts to get really interesting. All right. I'll start watching. Which one call me? Start watching Russian Doll. What? Uh, Steins Gate. Oh, okay. I don't know what Russian Doll is, but yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's our episode on time travel. Um, so the next episode is going to be a fun one. We're going to be doing Mulan versus Mulan, where we're going to be looking at the live action 2020 Mulan that just got released on Disney Plus. And then we're going to be looking at the 1998 
Mulan animation and we'll be doing a comparison um, between the two. And if we enjoyed the updated version or not, I don't know. Fingers crossed that it's good because the other live action Disney movies have left a bit to be desired. That's not true. I love Aladdin. I'm like oh. an Aladdin. <laughs> You're a Aladdin, Aladdin stan. Yeah, I love that movie. I don't actually. I know. I will say that Aladdin wasn't as bad as I anticipated. As bad, it was good. It was okay. Um, we can talk I about also, that next week when we talk about the Disney movies. Yeah. I'm a, I also really enjoyed the Jungle Book live action. That was I had good never too. seen. No, I know. I just said that. I'd never seen um, the Jungle Book cartoon though. At least oh. as far as I remember. No, the cartoon's good too. Um, so with the Jungle Book, aren't there two Jungle Book live actions? No, we're talking no, about the one, one that had the music in it. Okay. Yeah. The Disney one, not the, um, the other one was called like Mulgi or something like <laughs> that. That one's kind of dark, right? Yeah. We're trying to do the dark version of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so that will be our next episode and we'll be back, um, in two weeks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.